Hey everyone, long time no talk. Thanks for your patience in the release of the holiday interlude episodes. As I mentioned before, I have a new baby, so my time kind of got away from me. And then, if you add on to that, my teacher's union was on strike, and that was a big mess, and well, yeah. Anyway, looks like things are back to normal, and we should be producing episodes regularly again. Uh, thank you all for your support and patience. I really, really do appreciate every single listener that we have. Now, back to the 80s that never was. Last time on Holiday Interlude, a middle schooler named Goldilocks has to help provide for her family. She does this by sneaking into the local robotics and technology corporation, Sunwoo Systems, and stealing discarded parts. This time, when she snuck in, she accidentally activated an advanced robot she named Bear. She and Bear have escaped to the woods for now, but what do you do when a 310 robot wants to follow you home? Holiday Interlude Episode 2 Sherman vs. the AI Last July, Goldilocks and her two friends built a hideout in the forest. They found a grouping of trees that had grown too closely together. Their branches and trunks had become entwined, creating a gnarled shelter. They found old plywood and corrugated aluminum pieces to make walls and a basic roof, installed an abandoned solar charger, and then swept out the ground as much as they could. Goldilocks had also added discarded blankets to use as the floor. She brought her sleeping bag, Sherman brought a cot, and Julie had slung up a hammock. They slept out in the woods a few times. They looked at the stars. They told stupid stories while eating candy. It wasn't much, but it was freedom. At least for a little while. They all knew that when the snow came, it wouldn't hold. They took out the blankets and the bedding and the book Sherman brought and promised they'd rebuild it next summer. Then Julie moved away. Goldilocks hadn't thought about that place since school started, but now it was going to save her. As they had thought, the whole hideout was covered in deep snow, but Bear was making quick work of it. Soon, it was empty enough for him to settle into it, compressing his shape as much as he could. Are you going to be okay in there? Yes, he displayed. Okay, I'm going to come back for you later. You'll be safe here. Acknowledged. Thank you. I need to ask you something. Do you have a central processor module? Yes. I need it. Do you mind? No. I will power down, then open the hatch. Please be careful. I will. Bear leaned his head forward. There was a dull sound of his power core spinning down. Two doors on the top of his head opened, revealing the interior. Goldilocks could see a handle and a black box with dozens of blinking lights on it. She grabbed the handle and pulled it out. It was heavy, but not impossible to carry. Goldilocks put it in her backpack and shut the lid to the chassis' head. Bear's brain was now in her backpack. She hoped that Sherman could fix this before she got into real trouble. It was almost 10 o'clock when Goldilocks got home. She stepped through the front door, kicked off her soaked shoes and socks, and hung up her coat. The inside of the house wasn't much warmer than the outside. The TV was on. 
Johnny Carson was telling some joke. Mom was asleep on the couch. Goldilocks went over to her. She was face down, still wearing her uniform from the diner, apron and all. She smelled like French fries, burnt coffee, and whiskey. Goldilocks pulled Mom's shoes off, then found a blanket and draped it over her. Then she went into the kitchen. The refrigerator was empty, except for a couple of slices of bologna. She smeared some mayonnaise on one slice, put the other on top of it like a sandwich, and ate it all in two bites. She drank from the faucet. She knew she had to go to bed, but instead found herself opening the money drawer. She counted it out, same as this morning. Maybe Mom still had her tips in her purse or in her apron. And even if she did, there wasn't going to be a lot left. When she got to her room, she looked at Bear's brain. If she spent all night, she could probably get it apart with a multi-tool, then sell all the individual parts. But then Bear would be dead. He had saved her life. He had said he was her protector, whatever that meant. She might be poor and cold and hungry, but she wasn't going to turn her back on a friend, even if that friend was a robot. She unzipped her sleeping bag and stuffed Bear at the bottom where her feet went. She changed into sweat clothes, then put her beanie back on and bundled in for the night. Bear's processor kept her extra warm that night. The next morning was Saturday. Goldilocks was awake by 6.30, but her mom was still dead asleep on the couch. She got dressed, brushed her teeth, and found dry socks. Her shoes were still soaked, but there wasn't much she could do about that. She needed to get to Sherman's as soon as possible. So she wrote her mom a note. Hey mom, going out for a while. Don't wait up. Then she was gone. Sherman's dad was an engineer for Sunwoo Systems, and thus Sherman was part of the Lucky 60. The roads by his house were full of automated ice scrapers, robots that looked like short Zambonis. Someone in the city had put reindeer antlers on them to be more cute for Christmas. Sherman's house was a lot nicer than hers. It had two stories, two cars, and two parents. The house had Christmas lights and a wreath. She walked up the driveway over to the door. She pulled off her beanie, combed her hair with her fingers, then put on her best smile. Ding dong. Sherman's dad answered the door. Oh, hey, Christy. Nice to see you. Hello, Mr. Carter. Is Sherman available? Mr. Carter made a show of looking at his watch. It was the fancy kind with a calculator on it. He's just sitting down to eat breakfast. It is pretty early in the morning. Say, why don't you come have some? Oh, no, I, I couldn't impose. I'll just wait outside. Nonsense. We always make too much anyway. Come right in. Okay. Thank you. The house was so warm, Goldilocks had to immediately take off her coat. She left her wet shoes outside. The house smelled like pancakes and bacon, and her stomach suddenly rumbled with a whole new level of hunger. Goldilocks had a feeling that the Carters knew how poor Goldilocks and her mom were. But they pretended not to notice. Goldilocks pretended not to notice that they noticed, and they gave her food once in a while. Sherman was sitting at the table, staring at a newspaper. He and his family were African-American, and Sherman had big poofy hair that was starting to reach afro stage. He had big round glasses, too, and overall looked like an owl. Hey, Goldie. Hey, Sherman. 
Mrs. Carter came in a moment later, pushing in Tracy, Sherman's younger sister. As long as Goldilocks knew her, Tracy had always been in a wheelchair, though she never knew why. Sherman never wanted to talk about it. Goldie! I've missed you! I miss you too, Tracy. Do anything cool lately? No, the snow stinks. My wheelchair can't get anywhere when it's so icy and wet. I thought you were going to build tank treads, Sherman. The weight is too prohibitive. I'm switching to an auto-balancing leg system like on a robot, but the parts are hard to come by. Sherman shot a long glare at his father. He shrugged. I get you what I can, Sherman. You know a lot of that stuff is still classified. Need my job, after all. Goldilocks always had to restrain herself when she ate at Sherman's house. The food was always excellent, but she tried to eat at the same pace as Tracy. Usually, she didn't even ask for seconds, even though most days she felt like she could eat thirds. She did today, though, because the cold was really taking it out of her. When they finished, Goldilocks took her plate to the kitchen and tried to do the dishes. Mrs. Carter shooed her out, and then Sherman, finally done eating and reading his newspaper, led her to the basement. The basement was the workshop. It was supposed to be both his and his dad's, but his dad usually didn't do any work at home, so Sherman had taken over. There were computers, robot parts, circuit boards, and wiring all over the place. There were technical manuals too, and notebooks with drawings and scribblings. So what's up? Um, well, I need you to look at this. Whoa, that's a central processor to a robot. But like, a big robot. Why is it blinking so much? I think it's an AI. What? No way, Goldie. There's only like 12 AIs in the world. You couldn't have found one in a trash can or something. Yeah, uh, about that. This came from Sunwoo. But like, with the robot attached to it. What? Goldilocks told Sherman all of last night's adventure. As the story went on, Sherman's face went from shocked to looking like he might throw up his pancakes. When it was over, he took off his glasses and pinched the bridge of his nose, just like his dad did. This is bad, Goldie. That thing is probably top secret. And if it is an AI, even top, top secreter. I know, I know, but that's why I need your help. I figure you can just log into Bear's brain, delete his memories of me, and then we can put him back. I don't get into trouble. Sunwoo finds the robot. No problem. Jeez, Goldie, I, I don't know if I can. You have to try, Sherman. Please. I don't know what else to do. I don't want to go to jail. The two friends looked at each other for a long time. Sherman nodded, then cleared a space on the table. Let me get some cables. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You owe me. Anything you want. Sherman connected his main computer to the central processor and started rattling on the keyboard. A bunch of code appeared, white text on the black monitor. Goldilocks couldn't figure out any of it, but Sherman seemed to understand what was going on. This is totally an AI. I've only seen a little bit of AI code before, but this is definitely one. Wow, it's changing. It's reacting to my presence in its system. This is kind of creeping me out. Okay, great. It's cool. Can you wipe Bear's memory? Why do you keep calling it Bear? Because that's his name. Now hurry up. Okay, okay. Just let me see if I can get access to... The monitor went dark. Sherman looked at the connector, 
pressed the power button. The monitor was on, just not displaying anything. He hit some keys on the keyboard. What the heck happened to- Ah! Two bright green eyes appeared on the monitor. Goliok sighed. That's bare. He's totally taken over my system! Where am I? I cannot see. My sensors are missing. You're at my friend Sherman's house. Don't worry. I can't hear you. Here, let me plug in a microphone. Can you hear me, Bear? Yes. Sorry, we're at my friend Sherman's house. We were trying to fix you. You were attempting to modify my memory. Yeah, I guess so. Sorry. Why? Because you have to go back, Bear. You can't stay with me. You're worth like a gajillion dollars. I'm really thankful that you saved me last night, but I'll get arrested if you stay with me. You have to go back. I cannot. I am your protector. What does that mean? I don't know. He said that yesterday. I am your protector. It is in my primary programming. Goliolocks unplugged the microphone. What does that mean, his primary programming? He was programmed to protect me? I don't know. I don't think that makes a lot of sense. Why would someone program a robot to protect you? Maybe it's supposed to protect the first person it sees? Maybe. But I can't do anything now. He has my system. Besides, it'd be easier to figure out with the hardware. Some of the pieces will have automated processors in them that won't have an AI. I can probably get a better idea of what's going on. What about, like, tracking devices? If it has them, they'll be on the chassis. I can check while we're there. You just want to see the robot, don't you? Heck yeah, I do! But I'm not lying. It would be better. Okay. I guess we're going back. There's a few things I want to bring. Get the sled. It took nearly an hour to get back to the hideout. Sherman apparently needed two crates full of hardware, and it kept falling off the sled. Eventually, Goldilocks had Sherman sit on the sled and hold it while she pulled. Goldilocks didn't mind. It felt good to struggle and move her body. It made her feel alive and warm and helped get the pancake sluggishness out of her head. By the time they reached the hideout, she felt great. Whoa, it's huge! He, his name is Bear. Huh, he does look like a bear. Come on, help me get the stuff out. They unloaded the crates. Sherman climbed onto Bear's back and started pulling at panels, but they didn't budge, not even when he used Goldilocks' multi-tool. I think they're magnetically sealed. Bear probably has to open them himself. I guess we'd better plug him back in. Fortunately, the processor module doors were not magnetically sealed. Sherman slid the blinking cube back into the head slot. Bear's body thrummed, the module doors shut, and his head lifted up. The eyes narrowed in on Sherman, then disappeared. Are you the one who tried to tamper with my memory? Uh, yeah, I did, but sorry, I didn't mean anything by it. It's okay, Bear. He's my friend. Acknowledged. Goldie, if we want to know if he has trackers, I'm going to need access. Bear, do you mind if Sherman does a little searching? I need to know if Soon Woo can track you. They cannot. Sometimes they put trackers on separate power units and systems. You may not know they're on you. Understood. I will allow access. Do not attempt to access my primary processors, however. No problem. 
Goldilocks watched Sherman work. Sherman was pretty awkward when it came to, well, everything. But he and computers were meant to be together. He went to each panel in Bear's chassis and then plugged in his comp boy. The comp boy was a crazy pocket-sized computer that Sherman had invented using the chassis of his Game Boy. Attached to the underside was a keyboard that Sherman could operate without turning it over to look at the keys, which by itself was pretty amazing. There were also cables that strung along the bottom that he could plug into whatever interface jacks he needed. It was a pretty handy piece of equipment, but he kept it secret from everyone. She wasn't sure why. He probably could make a gajillion dollars by selling it to Sunwoo. Okay, all done. Good news is that there's no trackers on here. I told you so. Okay, okay, you did. But I had to check. The whole system is very clean and organized. This isn't just some basic robot like an ice scraper or an auto mower. This is more like a work of art. So it's expensive. Very. And probably military. This is from the army? No, it's too expensive to be a military model. This is probably a prototype that soon will be built to show the military. You know, to sell it. Does Bear have, like, guns and stuff? No, no weapons. He's big and strong and fast and ridiculously smart because he's an AI. But that's all he is. Goldilocks and Sherman looked at Bear. She tried to imagine what he would look like with weapons attached to him. He had been fast and powerful the day she escaped, and she didn't even know what she was doing. That's sort of sad. I figured out the saddle, too. There's a jack up there for an interface helmet. What's that? Just a helmet for interfacing. Like, uh, think of a helmet that also works as a computer monitor. It probably shows you a bunch of stuff that Bear can do, how much power he has left, that kind of stuff. He'd probably talk to you, too. Like, talk talk? He has a processor for it. He doesn't have any speakers, otherwise we could hear him now. Could you put some on? I guess so, yeah, if he lets me. Bear, do you want to be able to talk? Yes, please. Sherman got to gloat to Goldilocks about how smart it was for him to bring all the crates of equipment, seeing as how now he had the speakers with him. He finished installing it in a few moments, and now two small speakers hung beneath his head like two round mouths. Hello, Goldilocks. Hello, Sherman. I like your voice, Bear. Thank you. Now that we can talk, I need you to tell me how I can erase your memory. Why do you wish to erase my memory? I've already told you a bunch of times, Bear. I need you to go back to Sunwoo. I'm going to get in huge trouble if you don't. Why do I need my memory erased? Because I don't want you to tell on me. And I don't want the super geniuses getting it out of your memory banks either. I can't get in trouble. You will not get in trouble. I am your protector. You keep saying that, but I still don't understand what it means. Why me? Why are you programmed to protect me? Unknown. It is my primary directive. It is as central to my existence as the processors in my computational unit. Without this directive, I do not function. It cannot be erased or altered. Goldilocks thought. She needed to return Bear soon. If this was a prototype weapon, then Sunwoo would be looking for him. There weren't trackers on Bear, but they had drones and security guards and who knows what else. It would only be a matter of time before they found him. Bear might tell them who she was. 
she didn't want to go to jail. She looked over to Sherman. You said interface helmet. Where do we get one? I don't know. They only use it on super high-tech vehicles, like, like fighter planes and stuff. What about racing motorcycles? Uh, yeah, I, I think I've seen that. Then I know where we can get one. Goldie, what are you planning? You can't keep him. He's a giant robot. I know, I know, but we have to convince him to go back. Maybe if we have an interface helmet, we can understand better what's going on. I guess it's worth a try. Or we could just tell my dad. No way. He won't get you in trouble. He'll know who to talk to, but we can explain the whole thing. He'll, he'll say it was a mistake. Or maybe we could just tell him we found him out here. We don't have to tell him you were even at Tsunwoo. Goldilocks had wondered if she could get away with that. Did those security drones have cameras? Had they seen her in that dark warehouse? Had Jenkins seen her? Besides, that didn't help with the bear remembering her. I'm telling you, I know where to get an interface helmet. Is it legal? I don't know, but we have to try. I don't want to get in trouble, Goldie. Okay, okay, but, uh, okay, how about this? If we can get an interface helmet, we can try to figure out what Bear's deal is. If we can't figure it out, we tell your dad. What if we can't get a helmet? Then we tell your dad. But come on, Sherman. Don't you want to know what Bear does? Don't you want to see the difference that helmet makes? Sherman hesitated a long time. He looked up at Bear, then over to Goldie. Okay, let's do it. Goldilocks and Sherman turned to walk away. Bear took a step to follow. Whoa, wait, Bear, you can't come. I will not leave you behind again. Goldilocks suddenly had a new problem. I hope you're continuing to enjoy this holiday interlude, even though it's well past the holidays. But hey, you know what? Um, Valentine's Day is almost here. That's a holiday. Uh, if you want more of uh, things that I'm doing, you can follow me on Twitter at IngDaydreams or follow the show at SilZeroChris, S-I-L-Z-E-R-O. Say hi to Matt. He hasn't been around for a while, so, you know, he probably misses you. Uh, Twitter, SilZeroMatt, S-I-L-Z-E-R-O-M-A-T-T. Uh, all the rest of our stuff is on the website, SilZeroPodcast.com. Um, uh, that's it for now. Uh, join the Patreon. I'm in the middle of ep- editing the episode where Leslie GM'd us in a adventure for Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, and we played a couple of Dragonborn named Rosencrantz and Guildenstern for all of you Shakespeare lovers out there. Until next time, may the Force be with you. <laughs>